0: And welcome, as always, to Is This Anime? I'm your anime expert, Jack Metcalf. And I'm the guy who doesn't know anything about anime, Malcolm McLeod. And joining us today is Shane. And uh, Shane, what is your anime experience? All right, so my
1: anime experience is uh, I've watched, you know, I was a 90s kid. I watched the Dragon Ball Z, Gundam Wing, Pokemon. I watched all those. And then uh, recently I started watching a little bit more. Um, I'm more of an Isekai person. Um, that's more of my genre but this top this upcoming topic was interesting what's isekai
0: uh the, that time we got reincarnated into a slime which you didn't really like that much is isekai. what the, uh,
1: that fu- that show fucking sucked
0: i malcolm you're a fucking idiot That show rules i'll take i'll take any chance to fight fucking fight that show no i, t- I told my buddy dustin too who recommended he's like yeah malcolm did not like it that much he was kind of um um sword art online is also isekai um, that's probably the most popular isekai, I would argue, of, of recent. What, what other isekais have you watched, Shane? Um, Konosuba, Sword Art Online, and then Overlord. Yeah, I, I've only watched uh, the first two episodes of Sword Art, B, but we will be covering it soon enough. I just have to watch more of it. Because uh, also, my buddy Dustin recommended that one, too. So Malcolm needs to play more JRPGs. Malcolm, Mal, I don't think Malcolm can really understand that genre until he plays more good video games. Malcolm needs better taste in video games to understand anime. But I got to play Madden 2022 coming up. No, you fucking don't. <laughs> John, John Madden and his heirs and whoever. I mean, you know, it's EA. Fuck. Anyways, we're talking about a much requested show, Yuri on Ice. Um, so Malcolm, this was much requested. We had some reviews that said, please do Yuri on Ice. And we had not looked at those reviews for months. Um, and so we're finally doing this. Uh, I feel bad for those people who requested it and are going to be waiting so, so long. But I hope I hope when we talk about this, uh, they'll they'll feel like, oh, my God, it was totally worth it. Well, I think it will be because we'll be
2: uh, in a uh, prime uh, figure skating time because the Olympics, the 2022 Olympics, <laughs> the Winter Olympics will be happening uh,
0: in the early part of 2022. So let's get straight into the history of this show. So it was produced by Studio Mappa and directed by Sayo Yamamoto. And Yamamoto is a director who has had a bunch of crossover with a number of shows we covered on the podcast. So her break into animation started off with her showing her university work with Satoshi Kone. Hey, Malcolm, does that ring a bell? It does. Uh,
2: Of course, that's a perfect blue director
0: yeah and a, a director who you uh, very much enjoyed his works we we may be do- covering his next film very soon hint hint and he had intended to hire her to work on a second feature millennium actress although various circumstances led to her leaving the project she would then join studio Madhouse and work on the redline prequel yet again yay redline uh she worked I don't on the prequel see, I spot. feel like you're you like Redline the way that I like uh that time I was reincarnated as a slime. I feel no, like I like that a lot, buddy. You guys were the ones who didn't understand it because you were you were you you were thrown off by the fact that the movie was just wacky races. You guys didn't watch enough wacky races as as kids, obviously. Yeah, but, I should have watched more Speed Racer. So anyways, yeah. She she worked on the Red line prequel Trava, Fist Planet, and Trava, Fist Planet is uh, one of the most incomprehensible things I've ever watched. Uh, she was not the director of it, though. She she simply worked on it. <laughs> she also worked with Shinichiro Watanabe, creator of Cowboy Bebop, on Samurai Champloo. Yet again, ding, ding, ding. Uh, the collaboration would lead to her directorial debut with the series Uchiko and Hachin, which Shinichiro Watanabe also produced. And again, it's... um. It's a nice collaboration between his style and also, you know, passing it on to a protege who he clearly very much respected. So it's kind of the show about, like, a a runway who gets taken, who gets, I I guess, the word adopted or taken in by this kind of badass bounty hunter lady. It's a fun show. Um, It's set in, like, like this kind of fictionalized, not quite Brazil, but clearly inspired version of Brazil. Oh,
2: that's kind of cool.
0: It's absolutely oozing style.
2: Yeah, I've been liking these shows where they're, like, taking, like, you know characters are not necessarily always japanese they're just like kind of more global like uh with skate the infinity um you know you have the canadian protagonist in that one which is kind of cool and then you know you've got like obviously lupin's more like italy and like globetrotting and even the great pretenders in la like there's all like those ones i always kind of appreciate so it's kind of cool to see brazil in the spotlight
0: Yeah, and and Shinichiro's own work, uh, his most recent work uh, with Carol and Tuesday, which again had a very international uh, flair to it. She also bounced around other projects like doing storyboards for the film Red Line uh, before directing the Loop on the Third Series, The Woman Called Fujiko Mine. So once again, we have covered both of those. So she has just Forrest Gumped her way through uh, Is This Anime. She is just a constant on this podcast, it seems.
2: Yeah, this podcast should be called Is This a Yamamoto
0: Joint? Okay, that yeah, one didn't her, land. She, that didn't land yeah, at all. Is, is it is it's Yamamoto? No, uh, she's clearly, though, a very um, skilled, talented person and obviously someone to, to continue to watch. She's definitely someone who maybe deserves even more recognition. So, Yamamoto's initial idea for Yuri on Ice began in 2012 when she decided she wanted to make an anime about figure skating. She had expected the idea to go nowhere. She also got a lot of questions from people asking her if it was about a student figure skating club. She received a lot of advice about how to make the show more appealing, which she promptly rejected. And uh, it was, again, the kind of things to make the show more traditionally uh, appealing to to Japanese audiences keep it in a school setting, make the cast pretty much entirely Japanese, high school age, that sort of thing. And I think this is how the show kind of stands out because kind of. It rejects a lot of those tropes. I don't know about you, Malcolm, but did it feel less tropey or at least maybe not significant, maybe not like full Ryan Johnson, subverting your expectations, less tropey, but you know, what I mean, yeah, I mean, I think the
2: fact that you've got like a protagonist who's like 23, instead of like, (laughs) instead of being like, he's, you know, like 15. Now there is like a 15 year old Russian that like, you know, skater that's supposed to be like a protege in Russia. But like you know, he's kind of treated as like a kid. Like there are other characters in the show that are like, remember you're you know I'm three years older than you, and like that's why I'm taller than you and all that stuff. So it's like I like that. Like I like that this isn't yeah just like a high school show where you know these kids are just like oh super athletes, and then even Yuri is, um the other Yuri, I guess the Russian mm-hmm. one. You know you you know obviously also like the Russian Yuri. You know he's what like twenty nine or something. Like it's it's not like he, he's a little older, but he's still
1: not like that old. No, I think the Russian Yuri is like sixteen or something like that. Victor is the he's the guy that does the coaching. That's who I'm thinking of. I'm thinking
2: of Victor. Oh my god! And there's
1: the fact that there's two Yuris as leads. Oh my
0: god! <laughs> this is gonna I'm gonna. Oh, really that really fucks that's, that's the joke of the show. Um, so, Yuri on Ice debuted on October 6, 2016. It received critical acclaim, not just from anime fans, but also the professional figure skating world. Figure skater Johnny Weir claimed he broke his one episode a day rule because he physically could not stop watching. Uh, the series also won numerous awards, including the very first Crunchyroll Best Anime Award, winning in every other category it was nominated for as well. You know Johnny Weir himself an open an openly gay athlete had like praised the show for just how it portrayed that because in in how as how he put it the the kind of conservative figure skating world being a being an openly gay athlete was definitely ground upon even though I think a casual observer a uh, casual male observer would probably find figure skating kind of fruity but to to that w- subculture itself i guess I guess the word would be traditionalist, you know what i mean yeah I- for me it's it's weird to like put the word
2: like conservative figure skating world like those like that phrase together because it doesn't feel like it's sort of like a industry or not an industry but like a sport that would, you know, make sense as being like a conservative sport. Like I think traditionally, you know, more conservative sports have been like hockey and you know and football, like you know NFL football, American football and stuff like that or 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 like mma and so just like oh to like see it that way but yeah i think calling it traditional makes sense it's probably in the same kind of vein that like you know those like you know what is it the westminster dog pageants yeah um you know where that's like you know another probably like quote-unquote conservative world um but it's like probably shouldn't be
0: so anyway I, I think now's the time to finally uh jump into this show um what did what did y'all think of this uh, so we have our protagonist, uh, Yuri, or uh, Yuri K. Yuri K. Is that easier for you, Malcolm? Yuri Katsui? Uh, yeah, I can do Yuri K. Yuri K. All right, Yuri K. He He's had a string of bad luck. He hasn't done well in his competitions, and the family dog has just died. So dude yeah, not get a break. Well, they, were, they say that he's, like, basically been away
2: from home since he was, what, like, 18 or something? Like, he's just like, yeah. I've been gone for five years, and I never returned once. Because I guess the big thing is is that they've he's been training in Detroit and going to university in Detroit for some reason, which also, like, I don't know about, like, the figure skating world, but it feels so random that it's, like, Detroit. <laughs>
0: I don't know about you guys. But like, I don't know the Detroit figure skating uh, scene, so I just accepted it. I guess I would have thought more about, like,
2: Minnesota or, like, probably Canada. I would have been, like, oh, yeah, it would have made sense if you were, like, in Toronto or something. Or Montreal, but uh, mm-hmm. who, who cares? Doesn't matter. Detroit doesn't play a big part in this show, outside of the fact that we find out in like well, I think episode four or five that one of his like rivals, uh, Yuri K's rivals or like friends, I guess the person he was training with is like yeah. from Thailand, which I would like never expect that is like oh we've got a protege like figure
0: skater and he's like going to represent Thailand, but. I also kind of think that's cool. It's, you know, it's an international story, so you just have all these people who are kind of the best at what they do in their respective countries and, you know, they all kind of train together at, at various places, you know what I mean?
1: I thought I thought it was interesting. Um I I wasn't expecting the the tone in the show to say um with the way they came like everything was coming out. Um and the just I mean, I guess it's just the overt tone of everything uh i it was just a surprise but i mean it was interesting to see that um the i read the comments a lot on the country roll and then it, i mean kind of like opened my mind to like the animation everything of it as well lgbt uh view of the show and also just the way they animated the uh, figure skating parts as well
0: yeah so so let's kind of get into this so yuri he's had this bad luck and it looks like he's going to retire um but then he kind of performs this uh he does this viral performance privately it gets recorded by like his uh friends uh daughters and it's this performance that is um... which we just say about the daughters they're identical triplets (laughs) they're they're,
2: they're identical triplets they're awesome they all have their own little fun personalities um and they are all—they like run the rank. Like they look like they, again. They're probably the one like set of characters where they're like, are they six or like twenty-six?
0: Like you don't don't know. Dude, you you yeah. know what I like is the fact that her mother. Who, if this was a random anime, I would have guessed her mother was fifteen because of just again how kind of young the character looks. But no, she's she's like a mother in like her twenties and stuff. And again, this is you get Malcolm and I on this podcast get totally thrown off by anime aging (laughs) and this is like oh no these characters actually look what their ages should look like you know do do you agree malcolm yeah that's actually one of
2: the things that was refreshing is watching this and going like oh yeah like everyone's their age and like or even like characters kind of like their like kind of appearances change when like because like for instance yuri k to start off the whole series he's like not only like you know, is he thinking about retiring? It's that he's like also like pretty overweight and he's been like hiding his gut. Like he's got like that, like he's definitely got that, you know, carried that freshman 15 with him for the last few years. Um, And he's kind of ashamed of it.
0: Yeah. And the animation style, they, they, they kind of switch it up for for the sake of comedy. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. And also with this one, it was like, I, it was really interesting because it's like a pretty traditional show. And then there will be like these times where, like, Yuri start, basically breaks the fourth wall and is, wow. like, acting as a narrator. And it, like, gets into this, like, kind of interesting animation style that I
0: was I actually appreciated every time it happened. Like, it was never, like, too jarring. Yeah, I, I mean, they do that, you know, for the sake of the audience, because obviously not everyone knows about the ins and outs of uh, professional figure skating. Well, that was the thing that helped, because I was like, I don't know
2: the ins and outs of figure skating. Like, I don't know about you guys, but, like, I I don't have a lot of, like, figure skating, like, background. Like, the only things I remember is that, like, I remember that woman um, who did the backflip, and she landed on, the like, on one uh, leg in one of the Olympic figure skating uh, events. I think it was in Nagano. I forget her name. Yeah, so she, like, I remember that, and she got disqualified for it. And I just remember that being a big deal, because, like, at the time, my cousin, uh, Amy, she was, like, doing figure skating. And so sometimes I would be like taken to the her tournaments. My mom was like, go oh, just hang out with your cousins. <laughs> Cause it would be like me and my brother and my other cousins at this like figure skating tournament. But yeah, outside of that, like I never like I had f- skating lessons from a figure skater. Um, but that was too young and I my idea
0: of skating at that
2: point was like, oh maybe I'll play hockey. Never
0: did. That you know I mean, I mean I've skated before. But my, a lot of my athleticism, um, ended when I, when I smashed my leg at 16, because my coordination, um, just recovering from that kind of took a dive and never came back. Yeah. You're uh, you're an athlete with the thumbs. I'm, uh, yeah, I've, uh, I'm, I, you know, I, I use my, my skill has always been my ability to talk, not my ability to like do shit physically.
1: Pretty much almost the same. Uh, I skated when I was like years ago, when like five years old, maybe six, um, other than that though, it's just like earlier when the Winter Olympics are on. That's really the only time I watch figure skating.
0: So so before we get away from like uh moving on past the first episode, let's talk about the other Yuri, um uh Yuri Oh, as he's uh, later referred to. It's it's funny because I the one thing I knew about the show was that, you know, it, it had a lot of LGBT themes and uh it was about skating. And I initially had thought this was gonna be about a bad relationship between the two Yuri's. So I was like, oh, okay, you're... Uh, and thank God uh, it's not,
2: because,
0: well, because given, that's given the age, that's dicey territory. <laughs> given the age, given the ages, thank God it's not. Thank God it's not, yeah. 23-year-old dating a 15-year-old, that would be not good. Um, not good, not good at all. Um, but no, I'm just basing off my uh, additional impressions, having not known anything. I was like, oh, he's the bad, and me also... Not really paying attention to ages because anime, you know what I mean. Um, I'm just like, oh, this uh, this is the bad boy Yuri, and the bad boy Yuri is uh, is gonna get his heart melted by the uh, the the more feminine Yuri. But no, in- instead, this is actually a show about the relationship between um, a mentor and a student, kind of. Yeah, because like I guess Victor uh, is like
2: the quote unquote like the the best figure skater in the world at this point. And he's like one. Uh, He said it is fifth consecutive world championship, which means I assume that they wanted to like, you know, bring up that he's like won a bunch of gold medals in the Olympics. Mm. But I feel like they can't say the word Olympics because the Olympics are a stupid organization.
0: Oh, copyright. stuff.
2: Yeah, the copyright stuff. I mean, they go after just like Greek restaurants that have like the word like Olympia in it. (laughs) But yeah, no, but it's, like, yeah, he's a champion. And also, like, Yuri K is obviously, like, pretty obsessed with him. Like, it's, like, you know, he's the idol. Like, he's the one that Yuri K grew
0: up being. Like, I kind of want to be just like him. They even have, like, the same dog or did because Yuri uh, Yuri's had died just recently. Yeah, I don't get that.
2: That's, like, too much. I'm, like, really? Like, that's the kind of dog you want because it's, like, this guy has that dog. But I guess, like, there's, like, that toxic fandom that happens where – people get really obsessed with like specifically like personalities. I think this happens a lot with like social media personalities, um, where then people are just like, well, this person has this kind of dog. So I want it. I think that's why you get like a lot of people with like French bulldogs.
0: Those monstrosities, they're just Frankenstein dogs. So anyways, you know, we, we have Yuri, he's down on his luck and then he performs this, um, uh, routine that goes viral. Basically he performs, uh, Victor's routine. And, um, His uh, friend Yuko, her 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 triplet daughters, record it. it goes viral, and Victor sees it, and uh, we we get our debut of Victor in the uh, in Yuri's household, and uh, that it's a heck of a meet cute. And this, Malcolm, we, we we see Victor in the hot springs because uh, Yuri comes from a hot spring uh, owning family, and there there's Victor in the buff. and Malcolm. This is when you're like, okay, this is that type of show. I mean, yeah, he's in the onsen,
2: and yeah, <laughs> in an like everyone's just naked with like a towel, uh, little, <laughs> a little little white towel.
0: Sparks, uh, sparks are flying. Sparks yeah, are flying.
2: But it's pretty clear at that point that it's like, oh yeah, yeah, they're definitely like not afraid of this. And I think it's so it's, what's so interesting, especially with Japan, is that it's like the one like G five country, uh or, like one of the like the the quote unquote like first world nations uh it's the only one that doesn't have any kind of legalized gay marriage or gay acceptance Mm. uh on its record now i've heard out recently that apparently like the japanese supreme court basically uh has nullified all their like anti-lgbt like legislation specifically pertaining to like you know the marriage equality or uh like in terms Uh. of like Marriage only being a man and a woman, but apparently there is now a process where the politicians have to make, you know, the legislation match up with that ruling. So that's going to take some time. Uh, but it is the kind of surprising when you you think about that. Um, but yeah, but I, I appreciate that they just were really like, this is what it is. There's, and we're not, uh, we're just going to go with it.
0: Well, and, and also Victor himself is you know Russian, which is not an LGBT friendly place at all. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that until now. So it's a romance between two characters who are not from, you know, LGBT-friendly countries.
1: I didn't know uh, Japan was a non-LGBT country. I mean, I know they had the, I don't know if it's still going on, but I know they had, like, a population issue where they're um, trying to offer um, people (laughs) to move out there to start families to increase the population.
0: Oh, I, I should mention this. I should mention this. Victor, I do know the voice actor who uh, voices Victor. It's Max Middleman, who I actually took an improv class with at um, Operate Citizens Brigade. I took a class with him like three months before I met you, Malcolm, actually. Oh, that's crazy. What a small world. Yeah, and I, this was like 2013, and like he had told me he was a voice actor. I'm like, oh, okay, and I just assumed he was like every other LA actor, which meant he was not successful. And he's like, yeah, it's like, you know, I'm getting into voice acting. You know, I'm trying to get a new agent, and... uh Turns out he was already, like, was working. Like, he was working a little steadily in 2013 and then exploded, like, the year after. And he's in pretty much everything. So, that's the thing. So, episode two, uh, we have a little plot twist because uh, the two Yuris are uh, both getting trained by Victor. And uh, Yuri P uh, is uh, then referred to as Yurio, which is not a name he likes, but is a name that will stick throughout the the series. Oh my God, this is what a
2: nightmare this is gonna be for you guys. I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah, so Yurio, I do like that they basically use like he basically finds out that Victor's in Japan because Victor posted like an, um, an Instagram story, and then that's how like, he's like, I'm going to Japan so I can like get him to come back to Russia to coach me. I also like this idea that like a 15 year old and a 23 year old would be in the same kind of category in figure skating at all. I mean, I don't know. Maybe there is like Olympics where like that kind of age transparency is there, but I don't feel like that's very often. I could be totally wrong. Like there might be someone who's just screaming at me right now going like, "There's you, you don't even understand. Like you fucking, you, you poser.
1: I was going to say, I, I assume it's like any other sport. Like, you know how in hockey you have like a 19, 18 year old draftee playing with like 40 guys who have been in the game for like 20, 30 years who are like 40 or something
2: yeah i mean I guess that's that happens i just uh i just i guess you just don't see it that often, but I guess like yuri oh is supposed to be like a child prodigy, so it kind of makes sense that maybe he would be elevated to a higher level than most people his age
0: yeah uh well, well, let's talk the character of Yuri because again i li- I like what they do with him he's not you know he i guess he's low key an antagonist, but he also isn't again there the, there are no there are no bad guys on this show it's again kind of similar to what we did with skate the infinity although skate the infinity actually had a a much more explicitly uh evil character maybe not evil per se but definitely more antagonistic
2: yeah but i think with this one it's yeah it just you can tell he's like you know he's that classic kind of 15 year old he's immature he's you know he's clearly jealous that like victor and yuri you know have formed a a bond especially like a training bond and that clearly victory like not victory uh victor uh clearly sees something in yuri that he doesn't see in yuri
0: my god victor cannot stop with uh with dropping the euphemisms.
2: my favorite one was like they're on that bench and then like he's he's just like do you have a girlfriend have you ever been (laughs) in love and I'm just like, I think it's no, because he's he doesn't want a girlfriend.
0: No, no, he does not. Um, he 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 wants Victor and we 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 find that he out even uh further going in. But yeah, also I really love the obsession with the pork cutlet bowls. I really want a pork cutlet bowl now just because it gets mentioned so often.
2: Yeah, well that's the other thing. There's that whole speech, I think, in what episode three or four where they ha they do the fight to see who can keep Victor as you know, a coach yeah. and and like Yuri Kay's like whole speech is about like, I want, you're my pork cutlet bowl. And I want to have more pork cutlet bowls with you and get to know you. And like, we'll be pork cutlet bowls together. (laughs) It's it's so funny, but so funny.
0: Yeah, man. So, so there's this competition and the competition takes place in the third episode and he, he, he gives them both, um, uh, Victor, he challenges um, Yuri, Yuri K and Yurio to kind of do the opposite of what they're known for. So Yurio gets the agape love theme and uh, Yuri K gets the Eros theme. And yeah, they're they're kind of struggling. And then Yuri K um again decides to be more feminine when he does his
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, so yeah, like for the whole for Yuri, like he, he feels like he's to win like this battle with Yurio. Um, he's gotta like become yeah, more feminine. Which I thought was really interesting. I was like, okay. So like and he's like goes to like ballet like class and he's taught by his ballet teacher.
1: Who I think I, is the mother his, of the I,
2: daughters. I don't, um, I don't know. No, um, no,
1: it's it's the ice rink personnel. Which I was actually surprised too to find out that those two are married and they have the three daughters.
0: Yeah. So the um so Yuko is the one with the three daughters and she she's a friend. She she's Yuri K's best friend. The ballet person is just another um uh friend of Yuri's, another like part of part of the Yuri the Yuri entourage.
1: Yeah, I thought I thought the um ice uh rink girl was actually a interest or I I, I, I don't know. I kind of think that um Yuri uh, K was bi and that the ice rink girl was like a love interest for him. Because there's like a flashback scene to where he's getting bullied by her husband. um, Before we, I didn't even know it was her husband, and I just thought it was an interesting <laughs> thing. I that they, to go that route. Oh yeah, no,
2: it like makes sense. Yeah, to think of that, Shane, because like, because uh, yeah, there's definitely those moments where it's like, oh yeah, there's like the you can see those like safety outs for this show where if it was like got too controversial. They could be like, no, but, yeah, there's this thing that could happen, too. Like, they definitely, like, played with that. You could see, like, they're, you know, def- this show was definitely, you know, balancing on, like, a, you know, on a fine line, uh, which I enjoyed. But I also remember, like, that same, like, Cena uh, at the bench where, like, <laughs> Yuri um, Yuri K is getting, you know, is upset, tells that story about being upset about that girl who liked him. And, like... He, in terms of like, she wanted to like help him go to the, ho- you know, when he had to go to the hospital and he got injured and she like, he was just like, I didn't want that. I didn't want that burden. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Pretty clear what's going on here. So yeah, yeah. There, there was definitely some outs you can see, but then the show uh, blows past those outs later on, <laughs> which good for it. Good for it. Because again, I, I think skate the infinity is a show where they definitely created some outs.
1: Yeah, I I'd say it took me a little bit longer than I guess a normal person to realize that. Oh yeah, I guess Yuri is actually gay and not straight. I mean that this one where is
2: like episode three is obviously also the one where Yuri K wins and Yurio has to go back to Russia. Because that's mm. the other thing, like in this like two episode arc, it's like Yurio he shows up. There's also like a lot of media. Like we haven't talked about the fact that there's like like. I guess like obviously Victor is like a big celebrity, uh, but also it's like seems like both Yuri O and Yuri K are celebrities too. Like, well, I guess the Grand Prix is I think some sort of like it's a big tournament. I don't know if it's like one of those Olympic qualifier things. I don't know if it's supposed to be subbing in for the Olympics. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of funny that you know there's all these cameras and all this stuff. That keeps happening around them. But obviously Yuri K he wins because he does the more feminine um routine. And yeah, Yuri O has to leave. But they well, but obviously both Yuri's uh, you know, are like, We're gonna win the Grand Prix. Which well, can okay. I also so sorry, the last thing can I also say Grand Prix, all I think about when I hear Grand Prix is the uh like
1: the Formula One race. I, I was gonna say I don't think it was the female dancers. I it, he explains it quite a bit, like the the technical and like the style points. It's because he he messed up he messed up his technical by screwing one of his jumps, but he makes up for it. And they talk about it how he makes up for it by doing his style points by like just being more elegant than um Yuri. Uh, because there's like the entire scene where like they're talking in their heads, and Yuri is like, I need to do this for. Um, victor um, and then yurio is like sorry grandpa i can't keep doing like unconditional love because yeah because
2: i guess that's the other thing is that yuri uh, k he always messes up like his jump but he always like has puts his hand on the ground which means he loses those points but he makes up for it in
0: style points all right so moving moving on to episode four uh what do you guys think of that one this, yeah, this one was, this one was good. I mean, again,
2: I don't know. It's hard because, like, there's a lot of, like, like this, the figure skating sequences in these episodes can, like, take up almost half
1: of the running time, I noticed.
0: Yeah, no, there's some that could go for, like, nearly five minutes.
1: Yeah, um, your episode four, I thought, was pretty all right. Um, I noticed when we get introduced to the, um, his Vietnamese friend, or his Thai friend, um, and then we get to learn more about like you know his the, the girl from detroit and what happened with his friend and all that and he develops more as a character after that
0: yeah and and that the thai character he plays more of a role in later episodes but that character um just to, just to jump ahead even even further like beyond what we watched that character performs a routine with music from the king and i and that's that's an interesting choice because that's actually banned in thailand is it yeah, I don't know the exact reasoning, but again, this is a show where they clearly made a conscious effort to kind of push push the boundaries of, of certain bigotries or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah, I was just
2: looking it up, so apparently the reason The King and I was banned in Thailand was that it like depicted the king, or King uh, Mungkut, or Mongkut,
1: um yeah. unfavorably. <laughs> okay, I thought you were going to say it had this something to do with like um, colonial colonialism like british colonialism
2: i mean yul brenner uh a russian actor did play a uh, thai king in uh the, the 56 or was it the 1956 musical uh version but yeah i let's go back i want to go back because i think you did make a good point uh yeah with the i do like that yeah this is pushing the boundaries in uh you know, and, and uh, kind of asking tough questions, and like I do, I that's I kind of like the fact that you know they're willing to acknowledge the history of like he's gonna you know skate to a King uh, King and I song,
0: um, yeah, the Thai guy um, and stuff. But meanwhile, um, meanwhile with episode four, so of course there's stuff because because Yuri watched it so badly, um, he has to he has to uh, go through these uh, qualification tournaments yet again.
2: Which is kind of funny because he's supposed to be Japan's best figure skater, and yet they're like, "You got to qualify again, don't you?" But then yeah. you wouldn't have like
0: you know episodes like four to probably eight, <laughs> if not for that. No, exactly, and it's somewhat padding because you can't just get to get to the main meal, or else you can't even do twelve of these episodes. Um. So, so Yuri, he gets a piece of music, and he says, uh, "He he does what Peter Griffin always likes." He He names the show. He has this piece of music, which he calls Yuri on Ice.
1: Yeah, now I was when I I guess I guess it's episode five is when we actually hear the piece. But I was kind of expecting that the the opening to be the same song. I don't know if it is, but that's what I was expecting. Originally,
0: That would have been good. That would have been I love it when uh, shows I was just watching another show today where they play the opening of the song in like the big climax. And I always love that.
2: Yeah, I actually do like that too. Like, I do like when they can actually incorporate their theme songs into like into the thing that they're doing. I feel like like Quentin Tarant. I've been on like a big Quentin Tarantino uh, kick recently. Uh, I started reading his uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood novel, um, so I've been listening to a lot of interviews, and he does a good job of like there'll be like that iconic music that you hear or like a song. That's like in the trailer and you're like, oh, man, this song is so great. And then when it actually shows right. up in the movie, you're just like, God, this mm-hmm. was so good. What a great,
0: ingenious choice.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so. Um, so episode five threw me off because uh, we we get another very androgynous character. And I, when the first time I watched the show, I didn't even realize they were male at first. I was like, oh, they're lying. This, this is a mixed competition because also the character is voiced by a woman. Uh, oh, really? Is that- okay. I'm talking like, about uh, Injiro, the one who, the younger um, skater who, like, idolizes Yuri. I guess, like, I was, I think at this point in
2: the show, kind of, like, seeing all, like, the underhanded stuff that was happening, uh, I was, like, not surprised to hear that. I think I was also kind of expecting, like, oh, yeah, this is probably, like, a male character. Um, but I also wouldn't have been surprised if it was a female character. This was, again, it's, like, a nice sort of, like, you know playing with this kind of stuff and like of, of course you need that like sort of someone who actually idolizes yuri because again yuri is a little older so it's kind of nice to see where it's like oh yeah Yuri's actually affecting other people now he's not just like a fanboy himself it's like it's a thing that i think constantly people when you're doing something you know you end up like you know you have people who like you really look up to but then like the further you go you have people who start being like wow you're so good like that happened to me doing improv where people would start being like copying what I was doing on stage in shows I was in with them. And then I was like, what's going on? It's like, no, I've been watching you for like two years now. And now that I get to perform with you. I kind of want to do what you do. <laughs> um, and it's kind of just like it's nice to hear. But also it's just like, oh, yeah, it's like there's yeah. another thing. Like you don't I, you don't think about that in the moment. That's a
0: hashtag humble brag, by the way. Um, that's a total humble <laughs> brag. It's funny because this, this this character who idolizes Yuri, I like Yuri. I was also distrustful of them when I watched them because I'm like, oh no, this is gonna be, this is gonna, uh, there's gonna be a twist where they like do a, like a sneaky move on him, but uh, it doesn't happen. Nope.
1: Yeah, I um, I I didn't have that feeling at all with that character. I just kind of thought like, oh, this character is basically Yuri's. Like basically he is the victor to Yuri.
2: Yeah. Also, I think you I do like that he's written his own age. Because like, yeah, he's gonna be a little bratty, or like he's not necessarily bratty, but he's gonna be a little immature, a little like, oh, like what is earnest from him. I can see how Yuri took that like the wrong way. If that makes sense. Like I can be like, Oh yeah, like Yuri is obviously but it's also again that whole thing of like Yuri has never been idolized before, so of course he's not going to react in a way that like is what you would assume to be the proper way until obviously Victor you know scolds him and is like, "Hey, like you got fans now, <laughs> so like be kind to them."
0: Um. So yeah, we have this competition, and of course Yuri, Yuri wins because of course he has to get to the next stage. Um. But then we get the big moment, and this is why I wanted to end this episode on episode five, because we get this, we get this kind of love declaration. Or, you know, it's he, the way they play it, again, it's, it's them giving themselves an out in the script. You know what I mean? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, he basically does a whole routine based on the themes of love. And then because, you know, Yuri has never, you know, doesn't feel like he's ever really been in love, he just like will be like, you know what? I'm gonna make it all about my feelings for Victor. But you know, I think on that surface level, for like a naive viewer, they'll be like, "Oh, it's that the it's the it's the bond between you know mentor and mentee. It, it's the bond of you know that kind of thing where it's you know obviously uh, uh, more romantic than that."
0: Yeah, and and even uh, I guess this is a. Brief spoiler, um, 30 second spoiler alert. There is a kiss between the two in episode seven, but it was uh, slightly censored so that uh, Victor's arm covered uh, their face. Uh, looks more like a hug, basically. And um, Yamamoto did say she was pretty unhappy about that. So this show was going to be even more explicit.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so episode seven is where we actually finally get to see that there's a romantic uh, attraction between the two.
0: Yeah, and there's like stuff where you know, like in towards the end of the series, uh, they're they each have matching rings, and it's like you know, it's they're they're doing as much as they can without explicitly you know showing them getting married, basically.
2: Yeah, they're it's their commitment, <laughs> it's their commitment ring, it's their friendship rings. <laughs> they're just two uh, two guys uh, having you know kissing each other. And Sharon Ring's two best friends. <laughs> that's uh that's a R slash uh uh Staffo's friend
1: uh reference.
0: And um yeah, yeah any more thoughts on episode five before we before we kind of move on?
1: Um I really like the uh year like that where they actually de- where he de- debuts the Yuri on ice, like I said. I <laughs> was expecting the 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 title OP to play, but it was like his friends um Act different song, and then the costume was different, and how Victor reacts to his like stumble uh was pretty interesting in the end after he finishes the routine, yeah, he's beating himself up because like
2: the last thing he says in that final episode is like, Oh, this is the first time I've ever really had fun at a competition. Oh, I was just gonna say um i I like the little moments as well going when they kind of cut back to Yurio. And like in Russia and him kind of being miserable. And I think it's like his sister or something who's like making fun of him at the rank. I don't know. I kind of like that dynamic because it's like, what's so funny is like she, he's kind of got a sister that makes fun of him. But also, um, uh, Yuri K has a hmm. sister who kind of makes fun of him too. There's like that, hmm. like they're
1: kind of like those like kindred, like spirited friends. Yeah. I, I guess I technically, I get, I think they're technically, I don't think they're their sisters. I think they're just like, Sisterly figures.
2: Oh, is it like, because like, I know, like, the, with Yuri K, it's that I don't know if she was just like an employee, because she's not like that, like, present. She was just, I just remember her, like, opening like the door to the room where when Yuri K is like praying to the dog, or not praying, but like speaking to the dog that died. It doesn't matter. She's not an impor- that important of a character. I just noticed that parallel and I wanted to bring it up. Sue me. <laughs>
1: Oh one, sorry one thing i just want to bring up too is um Yurio i i i think it um was interesting how he started to embrace his um femininity side and like he saw it as like a tool to help him uh win the grand prix because that's when he starts to do the uh, prima ballerina thing again
2: they really like to play wow. with the fluidity of gender
0: uh, so i guess now is the time speed wagon, speed wagon,
2: speedwagon, speedwagon.
0: Allow me to elucidate ya. The name is Robert E.O. Speedwagon. Uh for those just joining in. the Speedwagon is our favorite minor character on the show. They can basically pre-pretty much anyone, but anyone except for Yuri K, really um so so who's got their speed wagon Malcolm, i mean do you want to go yeah i'll go first
2: yeah my speed wagon it's their speed wagons i mean it's got to be the three triplet daughters right like those the, they were so much fun every time they were on screen i i had a good time i was laughing i really loved the scene where uh all the reporters are hounding like yuri uh K and yurio and, like, they basically, like, shove the reporters to the side. And it's like, you're not doing this at my rink. I don't know. I just love the idea that these, like, little girls have this much control over this, like, rink. So and they just, like, and they each had their own personalities. It wasn't that thing where they, like, have twin characters and then those twins are just the same. You know, they they're not, like, in, like, Shining Sisters territory. They're just like, oh, they all have their like their little jobs and they work as a unit, but they're, you know, fun comedic relief. So I'm going to give it to them. I'm going to give it to the sisters. I forget their names right now.
0: You, I'll tell you their names because it's very clever. It's Axel, Lutz, and Loop, and they're named after the jumps. Axel Jump, Lutz Jump, and Loop Jump.
2: All right, I like that. Even more of a reason to make them my Speedwagon.
0: You have a Speedwagon, Shane. Who is your favorite supporting character?
1: Yes, I do. Uh, so I guess my Speedwagon would have been... Um... Uh, Ir- K's uh ballet teacher, I just looked up her right now, Monaco Okukawa.
0: Yeah, uh, th- I agree with you there. She is actually my speed wagon, too. She we didn't talk about her too much because she isn't like super plot irrelevant, but you know, she she's a fun character. She's like, you know, she is a bit of a drunk, she runs like a snack bar. I just kind of liked her whole dynamic.
2: Yeah, she's I that's a yeah, that was like my like kind of second or third one. I think my other speed wagon would have been uh, the um, the taller uh, skater that Yurio deals with back in Russia, who I thought was his sister, but apparently might not be so, but I I'm, I'm content with my actual speed wagon choice. So,
0: yeah, I like the supporting cast in the show and had do we covered the second half of the show? I'm going to cheat and give my, uh... Speedwagon for the second half of Yuri on Ice because I do want to talk about this character I'd, I'd be very disappointed if I couldn't talk about the Canadian character uh JJ who in like just like two episodes just like had a small arc that just like brought me to tears basically
2: can you can you elaborate on it because I don't think we're going to be returning to the
0: show so JJ JJ is just so such a fun uh, his, his real name is Jean-Jacques Leroy And he's a character who in his like little arc is he's clearly not the best. Like, you know, he's obviously one of the greatest skaters in the world. But in this particular competition, he's just not going to make it. But, you know, he has this fiance who he really wants to impress and stuff. And he does this routine and he's like, I'm going to, you know, finally deliver on my ambition. And. He just doesn't quite hit it. He gets the lowest score in the competition, but he still pushes and pushes, even though he knows he's going to come in last place uh,
1: for the remainder
0: of it. It's heartbreaking. Yeah, it's a it's a good little mini mark.
2: Yeah. Well, we uh, Canadians always choke at the uh, the Winter Olympics. It seems no.
1: Yeah, I was hoping uh... for
2: Shane to come in with a joke
1: there. What you want me to, uh, roast can- Canada? Yes. <laughs> You are American. I should not say that right now. You are American. I mean, just recently the the Montreal Canadiens did get swept at the uh, Stanley Cup. So,
0: well, he's he's a he's a Quebecois Canadian, so he's true to the Canadian's uh, legacy.
1: <laughs> uh, so he's truly uh, disliked, but tolerated in canadian society
0: yeah but his arc i found to be pretty heartbreaking and so i i really enjoyed what they did with him i was like oh my god this character who i didn't think i had any affinity for um in their small appearance i was like okay i I love when shows can do those kind of mini arcs where you're this random supporting character can all of a sudden take center stage and just break your heart you know
2: yeah i think those like always that's always a sign of a good show is when they're just like yeah we're gonna introduce this character and you're gonna like actually like them and then oh they're not that important so they're gonna go away and you're gonna kind of long for them yeah i feel like the simpsons does that really well where like there's like for me the all-time like one-off simpsons character is hank scorpio and you're just like man it would be so great if hank scorpio had his own show
0: But you know what? Thank God he didn't. Thank God he didn't. Because then we wouldn't, you know, sometimes, sometimes, you know, better in short bursts.
2: Oh, for sure. Because you also have the, uh, the, you know, the reverse effect where, like, you know, that character gets a whole spinoff and you're just like, ah, (laughs) yeah, that kind of ruined it. Final
0: thoughts on Yuri on Ice, folks. We really did it. (laughs) Here we are. I enjoyed the show. No, I think it's like a sweet show. Again, it's... uh, I could see the appeal. It's a sweet-natured show. It's, again, it's, it's, it's anime that covers a topic that isn't... It's not like, it's not like there's a ton of figure-skating anime, and it's not like the show inspired a bunch of figure-skating anime. It exists on its own. It's also got some, you know, uh, a sweet LGBT romance. So, yeah, I think this show, you know, really appealed to a certain group of people, and I can understand why it was, you know, a thing that, that, you know, people got excited for. And the fact that we do have a movie uh, coming in, um, it sounds like it's a prequel. Uh, the teaser showed a young uh, Victor in it.
1: I definitely thought it was different from the usual stuff that I find myself watching.
0: Yeah, I think this
2: like shows just how diverse uh, anime can be. Like, I feel like this is one of those ones that surprised me that like it exists. It's kind of as kind of thoughtful as it is. It's you know, it's funny. It's you know, it's got this touching storyline. You know, it's got you know this you know this romance at the heart of it, um, and you know, and it's all about a subject that I like. Honestly, like outside of this podcast, I would never have watched this. Like, that's to be frank. Like, I would have just never watched the show. Uh, you know, it just kind of was outside of my realm of what I kind of thought anime is or was, or you know. So it's kind of cool to see that. Like, and I, I'd be curious to see some more sports anime. Uh I got again I'm I'm a big sports fan big sports guy so I'm like would love to see you know what else uh and I know there's others out there so uh that's more of a call to you jack to find the next one
0: Um so yeah I think let's uh as as far as other things we're going to cover let's talk about what we're going to cover uh next week which is we're continuing our uh, Satoshi cone journey we're finally doing Millennium Actress with both Lizzie Boys and Alexandra Cole uh, joining in, we're doing our first duo episode, folks. It's going to be so so fun. They're both very excited to do it. Um, Malcolm is also excited to cover Millennium actress. It's I like, can't nice wait. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be so good. That it's my personal favorite Satoshi Kon movie, maybe, but maybe it won't be. I don't know. I'm, I mean, I I'm going to give it an open mind and let it just you know rewatch it and
2: you know. I, I think mean. after watching Perfect Blue. I'm like, we gotta finish the Sakoshi Kono, like the whole filmography. We've got to do all of his movies. So after this, we've got to go. Shane, I would recommend it. It's a he's a very good director, and it's a shame he's uh,
1: RIP'd.
0: Let's talk. Uh, where can people find you, Shane? You do Twitch stuff, you said.
1: Uh, I occasionally uh, stream on Twitch at um, Twitch t- Twitch TV slash Spetsnik. Uh, is there any other social media people can find you at? um not much others um just spetsnick on twitter
0: uh you can find me on instagram at uh jack is jack and on uh twitter at only Real jack m and then malcolm where can people find you yeah people can find me on instagram
2: at malcolm rj mcleod i technically have a twitter account with the same name don't use it i haven't uh come up with a new name uh haven't come up with a you know a new account. So. Yeah, That's kind of dormant, but yeah, i I, you know, I post Instagram stories and stuff like that. So that's where you can find me. Um, and yeah, if you, uh, enjoyed this episode, yeah, please follow the, uh, Instagram for the podcast. We're at, Inst- uh, we're at, at is this anime pod on Instagram and Twitter, uh, where you can find more updates, show clips, uh, whatnot about, uh, what's coming up on the podcast. Uh, if you enjoyed this, you know, we're a little podcast, uh, You know, your reviews really helped uh, or help. Uh, So like give us a five star on wherever you're listening to this, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Google or Stitcher, or maybe you're watching on Spotify. Sorry, listening. Um, You know, I think word of mouth helps a small podcast like us. And it was honestly through like reviews from, you know, people just listening that, you know, is the reason why we covered Yuri on Ice. So if you want to have us cover other stuff, Please, you know, send us some messages. We've been getting a lot of good messages. So it's been, yeah, really cool to hear that. Uh, and uh, anyways, uh, I think uh, that uh, wraps everything up
0: for uh, this week. Unless, do you guys have any, any final thoughts? I don't. Uh, I think that's good. I'm glad we could finally do Year on Ice. I enjoyed it. Um, I, I love the fact that um, we got to learn about Sayo uh, Yakamoto because, like, my God, like, that wasn't a name I was familiar with until I realized, oh, she's done a lot of stuff I like, and I'm currently watching her new show or not new, but her um the show she did in two thousand and eight Machiko and Hachin. so yeah she it's it's nice to find uh, a director who isn't necessarily a big name but you realize has worked on a lot of cool stuff, you know, yeah,
2: we got like a director on the rise, and I think that's always cool, and that's something you know is too good to remember. It's like you know people are on their different journeys, and you know, and it's all.
0: Great. There's people beyond just like uh, Miyazaki. Like Miyazaki great, but there are other anime directors. If, if you're a person yeah. who only knows one film director and like Steven Spielberg, it's like Spielberg's cool, but there's other people. Well, there's there's other people even on below the A tier or the B tier or whatever that you should know. So, you know, it's always nice to to see who's doing the work, and because if you like one pe- one thing they're doing, you can uh, look up the other things they've done yeah anyways uh thank you shane
2: uh for stopping on the podcast it was really great to have you and uh anyways uh until next time remember you just listened to three straight guys really skate around uh lgbtq issues good night later
0: power bums